The history of math is our intellectual foundation for understanding science. Science. Beautiful, awesome, wonderful science. It's the creative foundation for our ineffable future. Hi, I'm Gabrielle Burchak, and this is my podcast, Math Science History. Today's podcast is a rerun from Season 1's episode on Chaos Theory. I originally wrote this podcast at the start of the pandemic because chaos seemed to be an appropriate topic at that time. But today I am promoting the topic of chaos. Some of you might not know that I have a website at mathsciencehistory.com and I've opened up a shop. I love it because it gives me a chance to use my graphic design skills. Yes, I'm a Jane of all trades. I designed a butterfly that represents chaos theory and the butterfly effect. And I have shirts, yoga pads, yoga pants, water bottles, and phone cases. But if you see a design that you like and you want it on a specific object, please feel free to write me at gabrielle at mathsciencehistory.com and I will definitely make a product for you to purchase. Just visit mathsciencehistory.com slash shop. And now, on with the show. As we all know, especially in these times, life is unpredictable. Whether these events are unforeseeable or even foreseeable, the extent of the unpredictability can often be associated with chaos. As we enter into the month of April, we approach the birthday of one of the greatest mathematicians to contribute to this concept of chaos. His name was Henry Poincaré, and he was a French mathematician. In 1887, he entered a math competition and in this competition, using Newton's equations, he had to describe the position of three planets in the solar system at each past and future moment of time. It was basically a three-body problem. You see, in a two-body problem, if you have two objects in a solar system interacting through gravity, then using Newtonian equations, you can predict the outcome of these two bodies. However, this particular problem involved three bodies. What's cool about this problem is that Poincaré didn't actually solve it, but he won the competition. And here's how. Poincaré pointed out that the system had too much unpredictability. He wrote, and I quote him, It may happen that small differences in the initial conditions produce very great ones in the final phenomena. A small error in the former will produce an enormous error in the latter. Prediction becomes impossible. Unquote. In other words, because there are three bodies interacting with each planet's gravity, there is no solution. And this was the beginning of chaos theory. What makes physics absolutely enjoyable is that it is deterministic. What that means is that in any system, whether it is a tennis ball on a tennis court, or a can of soup rolling down a hill, or an object being thrown from a trebuchet, in a deterministic system, you know all the laws and you can perfectly predict where each object will go in those systems. That is determinism. This was a system that Albert Einstein believed in. He believed that the universe obeys the laws of physics that are deterministic. And he was right. However, deterministic physics could not explain why certain outcomes were never consistent. And this goes back to Poincaré's original quote where he said, A small error in the former will produce an enormous error in the latter. So let's fast forward to the year 1961. 
Dr. Edward Lorenz, a mathematician and meteorologist at MIT, was working with an early computer, a Royal McBee LGP-30, and he was simulating weather patterns using a computational model. In these weather patterns, he had 12 different variables that represented a variety of elements of weather, like temperature, pressure, wind, speed, humidity, precipitation, etc. He would put in certain numbers for certain variables and run the calculations to see what the weather patterns could do. On one particular day, he was intrigued by the output that he was getting, so he decided to repeat the calculations that he was putting in. However, on the second run, he changed the initial conditions. Instead of using his numbers from his previous initial condition, he used the numbers that his computer spat out from the middle of the run. The data that he used was from the printout of the previous run. However, the data was a little different because originally he was putting in six decimal figures, but the computer was printing out data to three decimals. He was using these values with three decimals as his initial conditions in this second run. He was expecting to see similar results the second time around. However, the climactic predictions had a completely different route. After Lorenz determined that it wasn't a mechanical failure in the computer, he realized that the small changes in the initial conditions, specifically the three decimal difference that led to significantly different results. So basically, he came to the same conclusion that Poincari came to 74 years earlier, which is that the small difference in the former produced a difference in the latter. This was another big step in chaos theory, and Lorenz referred to this as the butterfly effect. The analogy behind this was one small incident can lead to a huge impact in the future. The butterfly effect was a term he coined in his presentation to the American Association for the Advancement of Science in 1972. I'll post that presentation in the form of an article on my website at mathsciencehistory.com if you're interested in reading it. On some level, that leads us to where we are today. Literally immersed in a sea of chaos. No doubt, chaos is in everything, and it is everywhere, even among the human species. It's even in our stock market. You see, in our stock market, chaos becomes evident when there's feedback. When the stock market goes up or down, people will buy or sell stocks. This process of feedback affects the prices of the stocks, which thereby leads people to buy or sell their stocks. It's a loop of feedback that leads to chaos. But there's also something else that's really cool and really interesting about chaos. Believe it or not, there is a sense of order that we can find in fractals. To put it simply, a fractal is a pattern that repeats itself on a large scale and on a small scale. We see fractals all around us, in nature, with the repetitive shapes in the leaves of the plants and the trees, in the lines of the tree trunks, in our coastlines, Fractals and the foundations of mathematics surround us everywhere in nature. Though finding patterns in chaos sounds counterintuitive, they're there. And they happen when you have attractors. An attractor is kind of like an evolved state that the system gravitates towards. I shouldn't say gravitates. Okay, it 
it moves towards. A common analogy is if you were to drop a ball into a canyon. Ultimately, the ball would land at the bottom of the canyon. The bottom of the canyon is the attractor. In a dynamical system, which can have many attractors, the system, though chaotic, will ultimately incline toward a repetitive pattern. When Lorenz was conducting his simulations, he ran his numbers over and over again with slight variations. With each variation, he found that the weather simulation never carried out the same exact patterns. However, the paths were close. In other words, even though the weather patterns were not exactly the same, they were similar and settled towards a pattern. Why? Because it had attractors, and that particular system preferred a certain set of states. And so, even in chaos, theory, there are default patterns created in the system because the system has an attractor. I will post images of Lorenz's strange attractor on my website so that you can have a visual of the pattern. It actually kind of looks like a butterfly. I'll also post some pictures at my website, which you know is mathsciencehistory.com. It's really exciting to see how chaos and mathematics surround us all the time, everywhere. So, if you've never known about chaos theory before, you just learned the basic principles of this wonderful theory that helps us understand chaos. Those principles are unpredictability, the butterfly effect, feedback, fractals, and order and disorder. What is most mathematically wonderful about chaos theory is the reminder that we can find ordered structures in the chaos that surrounds us. These structures are actually the mathematical tools that we use to find order. These tools are constructed on two primary and exciting ideas. One, that even in a complex and apparently disordered system, we can find an underlying order. This is actually a bit comforting for the mathematician who likes to search for order. And two, in a complex system, because of the tiny differences in the initial conditions, the long-term outcome cannot be predicted, much like Lorenz saw when he slightly altered his initial conditions. This is unpredictability, and this part is exciting for the mathematician who loves a challenge. So, though things may seem chaotic and unpredictable, there is comfort in knowing that the mathematical laws of nature will help us find an order in this sea of chaos. I'm Gabrielle Burchak. This podcast has been brought to you by Caffeine. Delicious, wonderful, nectar of the gods caffeine. Coffee, tea, coffee candy, you name it. I love it. Thank you for listening to Math Science History. If you like what you are listening to, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. I would really appreciate that. If you are interested in reading more about the history of math and science, please come visit me at mathsciencehistory.com. And while you are there, if you like what you're listening to, please feel free to click on that coffee button and buy me a cup of coffee. Carpe diem!